1: Here again for another relationship discussion, and today we're talking about uh, social media and its impact on relationships. And I mean, we could even get into an entire conversation around dating, um, like as dating somebody is even starting in social media and how that relates, and developing an honor code in relationships. You and I started talking about this one day because you talk about in Next Level Human developing an honor code on an individual basis. And then we started talking about developing an honor code for within the context of a relationship as well. So where do you want to dive in?
0: Yeah, well, let's, I guess let's talk about that concept, why it might be necessary. Because um, well, one of the concepts we should maybe review that you and I talk about a lot, but I'm, I actually don't know that I've talked about it on the podcast yet, is the you, me you me dynamic and that will get into the nature of relationships and why you want to kind of do the honor code thing so in romantic relationships and i would say in any relationship and even in the way we relate to the world there is the me aspect right jade let's say let's just pretend you and i are in a relationship just for the purposes of this uh, uh podcast so there, if there's me and we're in a relationship. Then there's you, obviously. And then when we come together, we form what this entity that I call you slash me or you me. And that particular entity, I really think should be treated as a third party, right? And so you can kind of imagine this entity between us that um, when we are our best selves and we're out learning independently and growing independently and being the best humans we can and having experiences with other people and other things, we bring that energy back and it feeds into this Yumi energy. That Yumi energy begins to one sec, let me <laughs> That's my dog who's you know gonna is looking to get fed. She's already fed. But so this Yumi dynamic creates um, an entity that we can both put energy into and pull energy out of. And so you can kind of like, when you think of power couples and you know people talking about, oh, that they're a neat couple, what they're essentially saying when they say that is they're pointing to this you-me dynamic. So they kind of can recognize, all right, well there's two individuals, but they make up a unique entity in and of themselves as a couple. And from my perspective, that should be honored. And it also should be seen that that particular entity can each help us grow, uh, more likely to grow independently. And also allows us to do things that we probably couldn't do otherwise or would make it easier for us to do some of the things that, we, that might be more difficult for us to do. So in that um, dynamic, I also think you should kind of treat it like its own entity and develop an honor code about, around that. So it's like I might have things that I love and I'm interested in and you might have things that you love and you're interested in, but that couple dynamic creates a whole new possibility. And it's basically deciding what do we want to stand for. Like, so if you're in a relationship, what is what is it that you want to um, make sure that you bring to the world aside from your own individual selves? The honor code basically means like, okay, we're gonna bring kindness, or we're gonna develop, uh, we're gonna you know be generous, we're gonna volunteer in this way, we're going to um, be a positive inspiration, and. Uh, Let people know that it's okay to express, uh, to communicate in a particular way as couples or to express physical affection as couples or whatever it is we want to decide. And I do think it's important because we can then have an understanding of like, here's who I am, here's who you are, and here's who we are together. And so to me, that makes um, a difference. So that's kind of the way I see it. And uh, I would be interested to see how you... uh, what you have to add or how you see that. I do think it's very important just because I think what happens is we tend to lose ourselves in relationships. And then what happens is if those relationships dissolve for some reason, we end up losing ourselves and have a very difficult, find, a very, very difficult time finding ourselves. Also, I think if you have a strong you, me, honor code It also, I think, supports and allows the relationship to be something that we really value that that can sustain the relationship. So we, we have something that we never forget. We stand for this together.
1: Yeah. And and I think that losing ourselves in relationships becomes an increasingly big fear as we get older and we maybe have had past experiences where we have lost ourselves and we don't want that to happen again. So that's a really big, important one. The other way that I really look at an honor code is the standpoint of a code of ethics, essentially, and being very clear on what various definitions are within the relationship. So for example, Jade, if you and I were getting into a relationship, we would have a conversation about how do you define cheating? Mm -hmm. Because, and I'm just using that as an example, because a lot of people have a different definition of cheating. And we're going to feed this into the social media conversation as well. But that's a conversation that needs to be had because you and I might have very different definitions of what that means. And there are some people who um, could consider something as small as like, Holding hands with someone of the opposite sex—a very intimate thing, not necessarily outright cheating, exactly, but just not really acceptable. That could be considered like a gray area. Yeah. So maybe that's something that has to be factored into something like an honor code and how you are going to honor each other and honor the relationship as an entity. Different things that can can come into this are conversations around communication and and uh, you know trust, integrity, like showing up in an honest way. All these things and this also may be something that evolves over time so the more you get to know someone the more the relationship evolves and develops The more you get to know yourself you may need to come back to that honor code and rewrite it to fit the new definition of the relationship because whenever there's any sort of big um, disagreement maybe you even break up for a little while and you come back together then In order to progress forward you can't stay stuck in that old dynamic you have to rewrite the rules of what is this relationship going to look like moving forward and that's where the repair happens that's where the beauty comes from that you can then build a stronger foundation thanks to that communication and that that disagreement or that breakup or whatever that can actually end up making you stronger and then you can't have the exact same set of rules and expectations from each other and from the relationship if you are moving in a forward in a forward direction. That's that's the progression of the relationship is it has to evolve and grow with each of you. So then you might need to revisit that as well. But ultimately I think an honor code really comes down to how are you going to show up in an ethical way that supports your your partner and the relationship and really honors your partner in a really beautiful way and the relationship and yourself so you don't lose yourself. And showing up in a way that has a lot of integrity and is going to help the relationship to continue to grow.
0: Yeah. Hold that thought let me just grab this bone from this puppy. <laughs> you just- All right, so I'm going to just grab that and set that aside. Here's what's interesting. I like that definition of honor code because I also, I feel like it's an honor code and it's a contract. Mm -hmm. And I do think most of the problems that people have are around, like you said, expectations that they did not talk about until they get into the relationship. So I like the idea. And and obviously some of these things are not, you can't foresee them. And like you alluded to, they do change. So thinking about this you-me dynamic and essentially saying, here's our honor code here's our uh, relationship contract here's how we see things right Um, like for example just to kind of uh, drive this home some people see looking at pornography as cheating some people do not that would be something that would need to be sort of worked out right some people see um that you, you want a certain amount of time together or that you should be spending a certain amount of time with family or there's things to be worked out about whose are we gonna whose families are we gonna be spending time with at holidays and all this kind of stuff so I do think this goes into sort of the relationship uh, contract and the honor code and they're very important uh, things but I think that as soon as you start forgetting that you're an individual and they're an individual and that there's this third entity that it needs to be managed sort of separately from your own lives I think you begin to run into problems downstream. And so I think that is why that's uh, so important. And to segue into some of the ideas around dating and interacting on uh, social media and things like this, I do think that you as an individual set the stage for the kind of relationship you are going to have by the way you show up ahead of time. Uh, We oftentimes talk about the idea that the quality of a romantic relationship can never exceed the quality of the relationship you have with yourself. And ultimately, what I would be looking for in anyone that I was gonna get into a relationship with is really the way they show up in sort of the small things. You and I talked about this idea that for me, If I get into a relationship, we're both on social media an awful lot and I have an awful lot of female buddies that I will send things like, I don't know, a heart or kissy face to or something like that. Not meant to flirt, just meant as a a sort of um, endearment and showing love. However, if I'm in a relationship with a girl and I get serious with someone, my code would be that I reserve those kinds of interactions for that woman. And simply because I have learned over time that it is a gray zone when you're looking at social media. Likewise, with talking in DMs and things like that with people, it's almost like establishing this uh, sort of understanding that this is a friendship-oriented thing and I own the person that I'm with. One of the things that I think is a really important sign, I think especially with men, not as much with women, it's a gross generalization, those are always dangerous, but I do think it generally holds true, is men do seem to, especially younger men, and as they're maturing, do seem to have a problem with owning their female person, they basically are just like, seem to want to have all the, you know, not be seen in a relationship, right, so they'll dodge certain things, they 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 won't show uh their significant other love online or they won't show pictures of them or they they it's sort of like this hidden thing and without talking about it you can almost be like, "Well, that's no big deal. That's just kind of the way they roll." But I do think there's something behind that, and I do think it needs to be a conversation because maybe it is not a big deal for you, but for me, right, it is. And I will show up that way online. With the women that I engage with and especially when I get into a uh, romantic, uh, you know, sort of thing. And it does bring into this idea of like all of this stuff matters now because we do live our lives online now. So what is happening in the DMs? What is happening overtly out on social media? And it matters uh, and it matters a lot and you have to have these conversations in my mind and decide how you are going to be because this can cause lots of issues.
1: It is incredibly shady to me to be involved with someone, to be dating someone, and to be hiding the fact that you are seeing someone online. There's a difference between privacy and secrecy mm. and it's a very fine line and And everyone I'm sure would have a slightly definition, different definition of that but if you are dating someone and you are going out of your way to hide them behind closed doors, behind the wall of social media so that no one knows that you're seeing anyone, I have a really big problem with that. Mm -hmm. And there are people who would say that uh, that's only because I've been cheated on. I'm sure that plays a role, but I felt that way before I got cheated on too. (laughs) And I just don't think that that's ethical. I don't think that that's honorable. And I think that that shows a huge amount of disrespect to the person you are dating and to the relationship itself Mm. to not own that fact. We, Jade, you and I have been uh, having conversations lately about uh, what we look for in, in a potential like serious romantic partner. And one of the things that we were discussing was being really proud of, of them and, and to be with them. Nobody wants to be with someone who is hiding you behind closed doors, and especially if you have an online presence. Particularly if you have an online presence that has a, a, a follower base that is mostly of the opposite sex, or, or same sex, depending on, on how you you orient. But which if, happens to
0: be the case with my exactly.
1: Yeah. Yep. So this is why you and I have had some really interesting conversations about this. I think it's particularly crucial to be very careful about how you were showing up because there are people of uh of you know who may be interested in you sexually that if you are actively hiding or you know just just going out of your way to not display that you're seeing someone that doesn't feel good mm-hmm. that and that shouldn't feel good to either party that's that's not okay and and there's you know I'm not saying that you go on one date with someone and then you have to start showing them online that's a conversation that you and your partner need to have to determine comfort level and everything else but that's not a good look even if nothing is going on I'm not saying that you know like that that you are being shady in the DMS but if you're actively removing that person that is not a good look
0: yeah Yeah, and I think it does come down to just good communication. A lot of people don't want to have these conversations and never have these conversations until they come up. Now, of course, you can't predict every situation. No. And so what ends up happening here is conversations will come up and then you can adjust behavior. But in general, I think, remember, this is the Next Level Human podcast. We're not talking about people who are wanting to you know, that are young people just wanting to date and trying to get booty calls and all that kind of stuff. We're talking here about mature relationships, even mature dating relationships, and I would agree with you. I do think that uh, if you're listening to this, though, we do have to talk a little bit about how we each show up. Of course, it's going to be different, right? And of course, it's okay in my mind to be however you want. However, once someone else comes into your world and you start to date them, this is a very Kantian way of looking at things. The goal for me, and this really comes from, the wording comes from the philosopher, uh, Immanuel Kant. It basically says, never manipulate another person's reality. So if you're DMing someone, and they think that they're having an intimate, you know, one-on-one interaction with you, and they are the only person you're doing this with, and you're doing that with five other people, to me, that is uh, manipulating someone else's reality. Um, it's better to have the conversation now there is a gray zone there right because as you're getting to know somebody certainly you're not we're not i'm not saying that oh my god you as soon as you start getting kind of uh close and flirty with one person then you need to not be dating or having those conversations with anyone else however i think everyone knows when things start to get um uh you know sort of more uh uh integrated and intimate And at that point, and that's going to be a little bit different for every person, but I do think you have to have that conversation. For me, I would say it begins as soon as there is intimate, sexual, romantic talk, sexting, anything like that at that point in time, I'm wanting to begin to have that conversation. Now, for me, I'm different, though. I can imagine there are other people like, well, I, I enjoy you know, sexting with multiple people and I just keep it light. It's kind of like dating. And as, as uncomfortable as this might be for some people, this is the world we live in now. A lot of people literally date virtually. Right. So they are sexting and DMing with multiple people and it's almost how they meet each other now. Right. So in, before they ever meet, they're sexting and doing all this stuff. I think you have to have a conversation around that for sure.
1: Well, and it's interesting, too, because I, I also gave an example and then you and I sort of realized that we both do this. And, and I've done this for many, many years because I worked in a, when I was in the corporate world, I worked in a highly male dominated industry. So I my, my bosses were all male. Most of my colleagues were male and most of them were were married or had serious partners. And I was always very hyper-conscious of the fact that any time I would send an, an email, if I had to text them, anything like that, I would literally go through a mental checklist in my head and go, if, if, if I was their partner, would I be completely okay reading this, this email, this text message, whatever, and feel totally comfortable with that. Mm. Because to me, that's, that's the approach we have to take because that's how I would want someone else to take that approach. If they were having a, a conversation, a, a, you know, digital or in real life conversation with my partner. Yeah. And I think that that's important to bring into the conversation about manipulating somebody's reality because I jade again, I'll just use, use an example. If for example, um, you're in a relationship with with someone and I don't know that you're in a relationship with someone because you're sort of, not, not because it's just not, you know, general public knowledge, but because you're kind of like going out of your way to hide it a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. And I am then sending you messages that like are a little bit flirty or something like that. Even if I don't really mean anything by it, it would make me so uncomfortable if I found out after the fact that you were with someone. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh shit, like I don't want to to upset his partner, even if even if your, your partner never saw it, I would feel really uncomfortable with that. And I realize that I maybe show up in a hyper honest way sometimes, but I'm okay with that. I would rather show up that way. And I think that again, most of the people that, that listen to our podcasts probably feel the same way.
0: Yeah. Sorry to break in. I want to cover one of my sponsors. Organifi. Now, look, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, and many of you who know me well know this, but shockingly, I cannot stand vegetables. I really do not like vegetables. I have not liked them since a child. I think it has something to do with my mom who cooked everything just boiled. Boiled everything, no salt, no fat, no taste, period. And so I developed an extreme dislike for almost all vegetables. And still to this day, I have a difficult time getting in my fruits and vegetables. Well, Organifi started by my good friend, Drew Canole, who I've developed a relationship over the years. And I am really sort of tickled that we finally get to do this together with Organifi sponsoring the Next Level Human podcast. Drew is a Next Level Human. Organifi is a Next Level Human company. I can't say enough about them. I'm excited for them to be on board as a sponsor for the Next Level Human podcast. My favorite products, let me tell you about them. They have a ton, but I use three pretty much every day. I use Organifi Gold before I go to sleep. This is their turmeric tea based on sort of the old Ayurvedic golden milk. It is absolutely fantastic. It contains lots of different relaxing herbs, turmeric, Taste wonderful. And one of the things this has done for me is I had a very bad wine habit at night. It started out as just one glass of wine. Lately it's turned into two, three, and sometimes a bottle. What I've done starting in 2021 is use Organifi. This is what I have in lieu of wine, and I sit there just like I used to sit with my wine, and I have the Organifi Gold. I also use the green and red juice powders. I have never liked greens and reds juices period these powders to me always tasted like swamp water i use one scoop of the greens one scoop of the reds first thing in the morning before my coffee it has become a a ritual over the last several years it is fantastic those are the ones i use the most of course they have a great line of protein products and they have a new Organifi Gold Chocolate, which I have not tried yet, but I cannot wait to try that because you all know I love cocoa powder and use it for lots of different things, for cravings and everything else. Check out Organifi. Organifi.com. Use the code Level. Please take care of Organifi the same way they're taking care of the earth, doing amazing things as a company, and now taking care of the Next Level Human podcast so we can all be together and have these discussions. Organify.com, use the code next NEXTLEVEL. I want to ask you a question. If you had to follow your friends around who are not the healthiest in the world and see what they are doing, what would be the number one thing you would probably tell them to do to start? For most people, that's going to be drinking more water, right? This is something that we talk about all the time in health and fitness. It's almost as if we... Think of it as an afterthought now because obviously water is so crucial. However, we oftentimes get this wrong. For example, did you know that when it comes to hydration, just drinking water can make things worse? Most people don't know this. Why? Partly because most people are over drinking water and under consuming the electrolytes that help water do its job what we don't realize is that hydration is not just about water it's about electrolytes the minerals in there as well as getting that water into the cells and so you do not want to be over consuming water if you're not getting your electrolytes right and this opens up a whole new discussion because most people are not getting their electrolytes right. For example, did you know that low sodium, too low sodium is an issue? Just as much, if not more so, than high sodium. In other words, what we want if we're going to get the right electrolytes is to get the right amount of sodium and potassium and magnesium in the Goldilocks zone. We don't want too much. We don't want too little. We want it just right. This opens up a whole other thing here, too, because people who are exercising, doing sauna therapies, doing low-carb diets are disrupting and losing lots and lots of their electrolytes. For example, when insulin is not around in low-carb diets, you will excrete lots of sodium. In other words, under that state, exercising, low-carb diets, all these things, you actually need more sodium. And so if you're somebody who has been just drinking water, not paying attention to electrolytes and also feeling fatigued, feeling like you're underperforming, not sleeping right, getting cramps, twitches, headaches, any of these things, then you are probably dealing with an electrolyte issue. This is where the product element comes in. This product has been a game changer for me and many, many of my patients and clients. This is a rehydration electrolyte beverage, basically. It is a powder of electrolytes formulated with a 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams magnesium without the added sugar and other nonsense that comes in beverages like Gatorade. This stuff is basically a rehydration beverage on steroids. It is the thing that is going to replenish your electrolytes in the right ratios decrease fatigue really correct chronic dehydration and by the way many people are dehydrating themselves becoming hyponatremic low sodium when they're consuming too much water you need your electrolytes on board especially if you are someone who is losing lots of sodium and other electrolytes through low carb diets and lots and lots of exercise this is where element comes in. Element is a new sponsor to the Next Level Human podcast. I cannot recommend this product enough. I have been using this stuff for months now and I have immediately seen changes in my energy levels. I feel like I'm operating on a whole other level and I have seen this as being the primary thing that people who have been using Element have been telling me that their fatigue is getting better especially fatigue that comes after very intense workouts that involve lots of sweating and lots of intense output from the nervous system please check out element use the code next level drink that's d-r-i-n-k-l-m-n-t.com drink element.com and let's get back to the show Well, I think it comes down to, again, I mean, this is sort of new age woo-woo speak, and so I don't want people to be put off by it, but I just want you to consider this. You've heard it before, I'm sure, but it's this idea of the way you show up in the world is the way the world shows up for you. A lot of us are familiar with this. It's all over the self-development space. Some of you may or may not believe that. I have found, and it's just something to try on, I'm not saying that you know this is the truth. I'm saying it is something to, to try on. I have found, personally, that the way I show up prior to meeting anybody is the kind of relationship I will end up having with that person. So I have decided for myself, I will show up in the way that I would want someone else who I have not yet met, who I might be developing a relationship with, to show up as. What that means is this. It means that if someone's flirting with me, and I'm not sure if they are seeing somebody, I will probably just ask. I will probably just say, "You know, this is so nice. It's nice. Like, I love, I love the turn that this is taking. I know we're getting a little bit flirty and trying to get to know each other. I still don't, I don't, I'm not clear if you're seeing someone, though. You know, like, what's your orientation around that? To me, it's like we almost need to get comfortable having uh, uncomfortable uh, conversations, and they're only uncomfortable because no one's even thought to do that, but. To me, that would be a really nice thing If I'm beginning to flirt with someone and they're beginning to flirt with me. I would want that question asked to me because it would tell me this is a person with integrity, with honesty, that wants to sort of know what the rules of the game are. I would basically go, oh, this is a communicative person. And that's the kind of a relationship that I want. And again, we're talking about next level human relationships. We're not talking about the games that most people play. And most of us know what this is like and it's extremely frustrating but when you're trying to do this online and you're moving towards this thing where you're like i want a relationship where i have a defined honor code good communication honesty integrity someone that i can trust and actually in any relationship whether it's defined as polyamory or whether it's defined as open or whether it's defined as monogamous you still need to have this honor code and this contract and i think the way that you behave online prior to getting to that point already begins to establish the kind of relationship you want and will, will allow people to either come in or not. And I'll give you an example of how, how some of this works in my world. I have several exes that I'm very close with who have now started dating other people. So what I don't do is let's say they're putting up mixed uh, you know sort of uh, uh, media. Sometimes there you know there's a belfie shot or you know a sexual shot. Other times you know in the story there's a story of you know them with their sig- their new significant other or whatever it is. I tend to take that into account. One, I typically will only like things that are either non-sexually related that I don't want th- their significant other or them looking and being like why is he always liking the shots where my ass is out, basically. I tend to go and make sure I like the shots where there's a couple shot or they're on vacation and I tend to comment on the DMs in that way as well. Like I'm not going to comment on you know, a sexy picture, I might comment on like, oh, so you guys look like you're having fun. The reason I'm doing that is to establish both for that person and their significant other if they ever see it. That I am committed to the friendship and that that is no longer the way I'm going to be interacting with them. I do this also with people who I have been in relationship with where we have stopped seeing each other and both of us are single. I then stop relating to them for the most part that way unless it's sort of an open situation. And I do think this is the way that we want to begin uh, to show up if we want to have the relationship we want. And let me just say one thing and get your take on this, Emily. It, to me, it's not the law of attraction thing. This whole idea of like show up in the way in the world. I, I call it the law of recognition. It essentially just means if I show up a particular way, honest and in, and integrity, and I have thought about how I want to behave online with the opposite sex and, and people that I might be interested in. What that does is when I start behaving that way, I can then recognize when other people are also behaving that way. So I don't know that it's like this new age woo-woo thing where I'm all of a sudden attracting them via polarity or whatever it is. It's just simply that I behave a way and I can recognize when other people are behaving that same way. And more importantly, they can recognize when I'm behaving that way. And then that law of recognition goes, oh, this is a like-minded person. Oh, this is an honest and integrous person. Oh, this is someone that I really am perhaps uh, interested in. There's nothing wrong in my mind with the whole dating, you know, open relationships, polyamory, any of that stuff. Have at it however you want, but make sure you communicate and you're honest about it. Otherwise, you're manipulating other people in my mind and that you do not want to do.
1: And the, the number of uncomfortable conversations and the quality of those conversations that we are willing to have is what will dictate the quality of our relationships. Mm-hmm. And there are so many of us who are so afraid to have these conversations. What's the worst that can happen if we are, at, if we're starting a conversation that is about showing up with integrity and the other person does not respond well to it or rejects us or thinks that we're being uh, over the top or whatever. Do you really want to be in a relationship with them anyway? Because if they're actively avoiding showing up with integrity, that's not somebody I want to be involved with. Yeah. If if I'm coming to, to, to somebody that I am dating and having that type of conversation and they start being really shady, that's going to flip some alarm bells for me. I'm going to be like, wow, if you aren't even willing to have this type of communication, I don't think that you are the right person. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned um, bringing up, you know, liking certain shots and stuff too, because... I think there are a lot of women in particular out there again, that's a broad sweeping statement, but I think most people would agree with me on this women in particular who have an issue with men um, that they are in a relationship with in a romantic relationship with going out there and liking all the ass shots or following all the bikini models or whatever. And I, I see both sides of it because I see that it can be harmless. I also see that it can make people uncomfortable. And especially if it's somebody that you're involved with, I I have one particular friend that during the pandemic, she and her partner were separated for nine full months because of border issues and everything else. And she's not someone who tends to send nudes and stuff like that. Um, And she, she did end up sending a couple more intimate shots because they were apart for so long. And she said it really bothered her when she would then see her partner liking ass shots Mm -hmm. on the internet, because she's like, what, What benefit is me sending you a photo of my backside if you're out there liking all the ones on the internet of people that you're not in a sexual relationship with? So I would love to get your take on on that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to communication. I think one of the things that, again, these are gross generalizations, but I do think this is confusing for a lot of women. Men, you know, obviously um, tend to be a little bit more visual Mm -hmm. creatures. They also can tend to... um, uh, you know, dichotomize things a little bit more and segment parts of their life, right? So oftentimes, I mean, I know a lot of guys and I was a young man too. This tends to be with young men, but men can typically do that. And a lot of women will take it as uh, um, cheating and that needs to be discussed. It's like, I do not like when you do that. It feels like, you know, it's cheating, but a lot of men are doing that and not even thinking about their partner, right? It's almost like entertainment. It's Mm. sort of like for a lot of men. now. Um, meaning that it's entertainment in a sense. it's It has nothing to do with their uh, significant other. However, still for me, right, uh, I want to know how that would affect um the girl that I am interested in for example it's almost like this I have a lot of girl buddies and so oftentimes we will be out and we will take pictures like when they come and visit or whatever then I might be dating someone I'll even go so far as because I'm also like if someone tags me in something who's a friend of mine I don't wanna not repost it I think that's kinda rude so I kinda have that conversation pretty much off the bat like let's say uh, you and I take a picture and I'm dating somebody and I repost a picture you post on your story I would pretty much probably DM the girl I'm dating and just say, hey, just so you know, I don't think you've met Emily yet, but we're, you know, really good friends, not, you know, totally non-romantic. I like setting up those sort of standards, and I do think same thing uh, uh, with, with a guy who basically, for me, I think the best approach for a woman is to say, listen, I noticed... That, you know, you are liking all these other shots and you don't necessarily like my shots or, or you know, um, treat me the same way as I, I'm seeing you treat other women online. And then it's either A, I'm fine with that, but I'd like to know what that's about. Are you, you know, is this just entertainment for you or is this something that you're really open to um, all these different relationships? Or B, I'm not really okay with that. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I, if, I, if I'm with you and I'm intimate with you and I'm sexual with you, I want that for me. And I do think these are, look, the bottom line is, you said it, people do not want to have these conversations. And this stuff is going on all the time. And it causes extreme distress in many people. And resentment. And resentment. And to me, you have to have these conversations. This is part of our romantic terrain now. The social media and the way we act on social media is incredibly part of this. And I would just say to the men, because I think this is mainly a male thing, But, you know, women as well, I think it's just mainly a male thing, I would be like, show up as a grown-ass man online in the same way that you would show up in a relationship. And I would say to everybody, show up on social media in your behavior in the way that you would want your relationship to go in person. It would be like me walking down the street with my girl and every time another girl walks by, I release her hand and distance myself from her, right? How do you think that would make her feel? It's. I really think it's. It's the same kind of thing on social media. Or if every girl that walked by, I'm like, you know, tracking her with my eyes and be like, "Damn, baby, you look great." That's kind of what it feels like online when you're doing that kind of stuff. And I do think our behavior uh, matters. I oftentimes for myself go, if this person, if I'm DMing with a girlfriend of mine or even someone I don't know, I oftentimes go, if this person, significant other, if they're dating someone or w- what would they think of me as a human in the way that I'm showing up here and to me it's just about having the conversations because let's face it social media is a sexual realm now it just is we are ve- and it and it creates distance enough distance where it becomes you know kind of a, a free-for-all of some some weird behavior right something happens when we're on the computer and we can distance ourselves from seeing someone in person and feeling the energy of a human in person and we do a lot of shady stuff. Like I, I honestly think like, you know, there's, you girls tell me all the time, I mean, this doesn't happen to guys but someone coming into your DMs and, and putting, uh, you know, a dick pic or something like that and sending like, you know, just really inappropriate stuff. I really think, um, you know, I've had some women are just like, I just call that stuff out. I just, I screenshot it and put it on my, uh, you know, my story and I uh, out them. You know, part of me goes, I don't love that kind of thing uh, in general, but I also do think if you're going to do that stuff, you should be ready for that. So I'm always looking at like, how can I show up as my best self so that if I do ever get in a relationship with this person, they know who I am before we even have that honor code uh, relationship contract discussion. It makes it way easier because I just go. And it also means it defines my boundaries. How I show up is how I expect you to show up.
1: And, and this is, I I just want to reiterate again, that I know that for some people, this whole conversation might feel over the top. Might be like, really, do I really need to be having these kinds of conversations? Like this just seems like the nitty gritty details that we don't really need to trouble our trouble ourselves with. And I love that you even mentioned, uh, because you do, you have all kinds of, of female friends, me being one of them. And it's I love that that you would message uh your your partner to let her know like hey um Emily just posted this photo of us I'm just gonna pop it up uh in my stories I know you guys haven't met yet hopefully next time she's in town you guys can meet or whatever yeah. that just that simple little thing that so many people would consider to be overkill would make me as your partner go okay that's cool That's it. That's all it takes is like one sentence as opposed to all of the potential questions that can be raised by not saying that single sentence. So you're actually saving yourself so much time, trouble, and and preventing resentment before it ever even starts to fester by having these conversations. I, I can't stress that enough that the communication is so crucial as part of this conversation. The communication has to happen. And if the communication happens, you might actually realize your partner is a very reasonable human being, as opposed to this rhetoric that I sometimes seeing happen, especially with, I, I do see this on both sides. I need mm-hmm. to be clear, but it can happen more often in my experience with men referring to women as, you know, like crazy, mm-hmm. or, um, she's, she's so pissed off about this and I don't understand why. Like there's nothing to be upset about she probably wouldn't be upset if you just had the conversation. Yeah, That's all it takes. And I also really love the inclusion factor mm. because you and I have been having a lot of conversations about inclusion as well when it comes to romantic relationships <laughs> and making your partner feel included in your life um, as part of your decision-making, as part of how you show up in the world, not making everything revolve around them, but just including them. Mm. That feels so loving and and caring and that's really meaningful to to offer someone that level of inclusion. And all it takes are these conversations. And you're you're just based on some of the things we've talked about alone, I feel like some people's relationships, if they actually put some of these things into place, would the, your relationship satisfaction would absolutely skyrocket.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, just to wrap up final thoughts for me, it, 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 it's basically like this. You, you said, you know, people might not wonder why we're, or might wonder why we're having this conversation. Well, the reason why is because I think one of the key points of this podcast is essentially you really do get the relationship that you tolerate and the relationship that you show up for. I absolutely think that is key so if you're someone who is wanting a relationship certainly you don't have to even think about this stuff but I can guarantee you if you do you're far more likely to get the type of quality relationship that uh, you want. It's literally just be the thing that you want to show up in your world. Not in a new age woo-woo way, in just simply a law of recognition way. And think this through. How do you want to behave in this regard? And by the way, having these conversations, right? Like if I'm a guy and I'm able to have this conversation, it does vet whether this woman is you know, emotionally unstable or not, right? Because if I have the conversation, it's the best vetting strategy. In other words, we say a lot of things about a lot of people and it's hard for us to to tease out what is my issue and what is their issue. Well, the best way to tease that out is simply to show up honestly and have the conversation because once you have the conversation, and by the way, it's not just the conversation, it's the conversation and saying, I stand for this, and then it's the other person seeing you Take the actions that are consistent with what you said. Mm -hmm. Men fail all the time with this and women women fail plenty of times with this as well. But the point is when I do that, now I really can vet the situation. Then I can really say she is emotionally stingy. She is emotionally unstable. She is unreasonable because I've had the conversations and I show up this way. And it doesn't make her bad or him bad. It just makes me go look i'm a secure attachment style i want another secure attachment style i don't want an anxious emotionally stingy emotionally unavailable emotionally avoidant whatever it is person and when you show up honestly and authentically and behave this way offline and online you are able to vet that very quickly
1: and to your point as well about the attachment style let's say jade you're you're your secure attachment through and through if you have these types of conversations with people anyone who is anxious not not anyone but there are people who who swing more anxious or avoidant who will be able to swing more towards secure to meet you there Mm -hmm. simply by this level of communication that's all it takes because you know attachment theory can and and i'm not going to turn this into a whole thing about attachment theory but it can um we can identify with it too much Mm -hmm. and we can think that whatever we are we're stuck with for life that's not the case at all you it's very liquid it's very fluid and you can move in a different direction depending on who you're with mm-hmm. and if you're in a healthy engaged relationship then you might actually be able to find that it's incredibly healing for you in all of the best ways mm-hmm. for both parties actually yeah, yeah. And, and just this entire conversation i just thought was really important because It's more of us need to be having these these types of conversations and I think that everyone would have a lot more satisfying relationships if we discuss this stuff more often.
0: Yeah, here's one hidden thing that we can wrap up on when you think about this, right? It's like when you begin having these conversations from jump, a lot of people, a lot of what happens in relationships too is this subtle thing where it's like I don't know that I want to be here anymore and I don't want to have conversation so I'll just phase out or I'll ghost or I'll just you know become an asshole so that they'll break up with me well when you start your relationships with these difficult conversations if that comes around because men are terrified of this it's one of the things that I think women don't understand men one of the things that men don't they don't want to hurt women you know they, they can feel really guilty about that and they don't like having the conversation so they can be cowards around that and to me, I go, if you start with having these conversations by the time you need to have a difficult conversation like that, a conversation around maybe I want an open relationship I still want to be with you or maybe I 'm into polyamory, what do you think about that or because we do evolve and we do grow and our interests do change if you start this way, those conversations actually become Easy, and by the way, for you men, what would you rather have a girl you know who you had this conversation who you never had any conversation with, and she's up back, you know, saying, What an asshole, this guy is such a dick, he you know, I can't stand him, or yes, you know, I just really love him and he's a stand up guy, and I'm just hurt that you know, um, we're no longer together, right? It's like when you're just hurt that you're no longer together and you're honest, there's a friendship that can remain eventually when, when, with distance and time. When you manipulate other people's reality, you don't show up honestly and in, in integrity, you're not gonna be well liked by yourself or other people.
1: Yeah, beautiful point. And the last thing I'll say too is that, I mean, again, there's, there's as there always are in any of these types of conversations, there's a huge amount of, of gray area and nuance. One thing too, when I mentioned the difference between privacy and secrecy, the other thing is, is that I'm, I don't, I'm also never saying, you know, you have to show your partner online, but you need to be clear once you and your partner decide that it's appropriate and you both feel comfortable with that to make it at least semi well known that you are with someone, even if you don't actually show their face. Cause they might not be cool with that. I've dated people who are on the, in the online space. I've dated people who are not in the online space. I am not necessarily super comfortable with Uh, displaying them in a really significant way, simply because I'm a very private person. But I will always make it clear if I am dating someone or not, even if I don't show their actual face. But I have those conversations with my partner and I think that that's the most important thing to to do.
0: Yeah, I love it. All right, we'll wrap up there. Thanks for hanging out everybody and we'll talk to you at the next show. (laughs)
1: Bye.